he's dead. Uh, if he sleepeth, he doeth well. No, Lazarus is dead. He's dead. Then Martha and Mary said it. They came to Jesus, both of them individually, and they said, if you had been here, my brother had not died. So they were convinced. And in verse 37, you'll notice that Mary and Martha's friends said it. Some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? So it wasn't an in-house secret. All the friends of Mary and Martha also said it. There was no one in this account that sought to argue the point, Lazarus is not really, no one wanted to look a fool. They couldn't argue against the fact of a living man, Lazarus, walking around. They couldn't do it. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. And again, we're coming with this resurrection message where the Lord Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now, this resurrection of Lazarus was one of the reasons why they put the Lord Jesus to death, because they could find no answer against it. They could never deny this outstanding miracle of the Lord Jesus. And, of course, it was the precursor of the Lord's own resurrection, when he himself would rise from the dead and prove to the world that he was no mere man. This is the history and the foundation of Christianity. The empty tomb is a cardinal doctrine in the message of the gospel, because if Christ be not risen, then we are yet in our sins. And we rejoice today that our Lord Jesus is risen. He is in glory. And praise God, he's coming again. And here on the program today, we have Valerie Manise to sing for us of that wonderful resurrection morning, Jerusalem, when that new Jerusalem shall come down to men. And we will be turning here to this passage, uh, John 11, verse 25. And we invite you to join with us as we let the Bible speak here Today. It seems that all men crave religion as long as they have a license to sin along with it. In the Greek world, they had their uh, deities and they had their uh, pantheons and they had their idol worship, but they also had their prostitutes and all the worldly wicked things that went along with so-called religion. And the men of this world are no different today. Give me religion, but also give me my sin. But when men are told to forsake their sin and to turn their lives to the living God and accept his Son, there is abhorrence to it. And that's why we needed a spiritual resurrection. We who were dead to God, dead to truth and spiritual reality, we needed a resurrection. And if you're a Christian today, there's an hour in your life when the Lord Jesus gave the command, come forth, come forth. And whatever was binding you, whatever trappings, traditions, chains of the devil, the vices of this world, the depravity of your own heart, the stupidity of your own mind, the Lord Jesus said, loose him and let him go. And if you can remember a day, as I can remember a day, when the Lord moved me 
to find a Bible that I could read His Word. In fact, the way the Lord dealt with me, I wanted to read the Ten Commandments, and I couldn't find it in the Bible. My sister had a shorter catechism. She was younger than I was, and she was still going to a Sunday school. And I knew that she had a catechism, and I went looking for her catechism that I might read the Ten Commandments. I think of that. Eighteen years old, never a thought of God, and I wanted to read the Ten Commandments. Was that the hour of my new birth? All I can say is, it wasn't the flesh. It was the Spirit of God. And it was some time later I came to the personal surrender and conviction of faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. But it is God seeking men, setting them free. And that's what the Lord does when He saves His people. If you're here today and you're not a Christian and you're wondering, can I ever be saved? Can, can the Lord do this miracle in me? Can I have a new heart? Can I ever become a man of prayer, a man of living faith to walk with God in peace? The Lord is the Savior you need, and He can do this miracle when He says, come forth, loose him, and let him go. There's the power. Now, we come to the proofs of this miracle, and again, we have to, we have to be very careful. We don't build upon some kind of uh, a false ground here. We need the proofs, and we need to search the Scriptures here and look for it. First of all, proofs that Lazarus was really dead. You know the old argument uh, that the Lord Jesus, when he was three days and three nights in the tomb, he wasn't really dead. Therefore, it wasn't a real resurrection. And the same with Lazarus. Somebody are going to say, you know, well, he wasn't really dead. They just thought it. Well, uh, let's notice that the Lord Jesus himself said it. He's dead. Uh, if he sleepeth, he doeth well. No, Lazarus is dead. He's dead. Then Martha and Mary said it. They came to Jesus, both of them individually, and they said, if you had been here, my brother had not died. So they were convinced. And in verse 37, you'll notice that Mary and Martha's friends said it. Some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? So it wasn't an in-house secret. All the friends of Mary and Martha also said it. There was no one in this account that sought to argue the point, Lazarus is not really, no one wanted to look a fool. They couldn't argue against the fact of a living man, Lazarus, walking around. They couldn't do it. Then proofs of his resurrection, verse 45, you have the friends of Mary, then many of the Jews which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, they believed on him. They saw it with their own eyes, and they believed. Then you have the friends of the Pharisees, verse 46. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. These friends of the Pharisees who had seen the miracle, or at least seen Lazarus walking around, they went off to report it. They believed it. And then the Pharisees themselves, verse 47, then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. 
chapter 12, verse 9, you have a whole multitude of people. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also. Lazarus became quite a phenomenon. People wanted to see him. And the more that Lazarus lived on, the more people became convinced of the power of this miracle. Now our Lord Jesus worked with great conviction and genuineness. There was nothing phony here, nothing hidden, no secret agenda. And all of this all added to the truth and the reality that our Lord Jesus did indeed raise Lazarus from the dead. Now, without going through all these areas, we have to conclude this. All who hope in the Lord Jesus as the resurrection and the life will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Perhaps today the, the greatest fear you have in your life is death. Do you ever have that time when it's like a flutter of the heart and, it, and the reality hits you? Someday I'm going to die. Someday I'm going to just stop breathing and pass from this world to the next. And it can be fearful. It brings a real sense of eternal reality to your mind. Maybe to you it's horrific. The very fact that one day this body of yours is going to stop functioning, your breath will leave you, your soul will depart from your body, and there's all eternity to head into. Now, Christians who will face death unless the Lord returns, and the Lord has told us that if we die once, we will be raised from the dead. There will be the privileged few believers who will be alive when the Lord remains, but for generations, Christians have faced death. But we face death with this resurrection hope. When the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, He is God, the second person of the Trinity, He is the true Savior of men, and He has given us this great hope, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And here is this great and wondrous hope that fills the heart of the Christian. And Thessalonians tells us that the Lord, the trumpet shall sound, time will end, the graves will open, and those believers who are in Christ will rise first. And he's making the point that those that are alive on the earth will not hinder those in the grave those in the grave will have a precedence. They will have priority of rising into the air first. And then we which are alive and remain shall also be caught up together with the Lord in the air. There will be this meeting in the air. I believe in a rapture. I want to qualify that rapture. I have great difficulty with the seven-year issues, the three-and-a-half-year issues, the thousand-year issues in between events. But there's going to be a rapture. There's going to be a rising from the dead. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Christian will not face a second death. 
Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church. We're now entering the second half of our program here today, and I trust you've already been blessed through the word in song and this message on John 11:25. I am the resurrection and the life. And at the end of the program now, we'll be giving you all the details of how you may be in touch with us here, how you may order CDs, literature, and magazines. So, Thank you for joining with us. We're returning now to the program to the pulpit ministry of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. The Christian will not face an eternal death. We will be with the Lord forever and forever. And and all of this comes out of who is the Lord Jesus Christ? If he's just an ordinary man, if he's just a great teacher, then all of these things are unfathomable, unbelievable. But because he on earth, when he was with his disciples and before he went to the cross, he demonstrated this in a particular case, Lazarus, his own friend, and raised him up. Now, can you say that the Christian gospel has no foundation? Can you say that all of this is just, it's just pie in the sky? It's all what we call abstract faith. It has no foundation. It has no solid basis upon which we can make these claims. No, the claims of the Lord Jesus are backed up by his miracles. 
and we're not waiting for the miracle to take place. The miracle in microcosm in the life of one Lazarus has already been demonstrated for us. Now, do you believe in this Lord Jesus who said, I am the resurrection and the life? Now, you'll notice that Martha had a, had, a, had a bit of her eschatology down when she said, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's verse 24. I know that he will rise again at the last day. Martha had uh, the knowledge that there's going to be a resurrection day and her brother is going to rise again. So there was in her heart that eternal hope she was rather dealing with the now. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm pleading the case today that every believer here that has their personal trust in the Son of God as their Savior will never be disappointed. We have the proofs. We have the proofs. I have no need to walk in this world with any sense of shame or inability to explain the reason for the hope that lies within me because I have a miraculous Savior. He has demonstrated His power. He has proven Himself already. And He has promised that what He has done, as He did in Lazarus, He will do for me. That's the hope that is in the heart of the Christian. Let me ask you, is that your hope today? Is that your assurance? Can you say that if you were to drop now, into eternity, that there's a resurrection day waiting for you. Now, if I may depart from the subject just for a moment, the Bible also teaches that there's a resurrection of the wicked, the unjust. And I suppose many will disagree about the timing when exactly that will take place. My personal conviction, my personal position in the Bible, that the resurrection of the just will be slightly prior, but that it will be the same day, the same day. Therefore, it's a general resurrection because Thessalonians tells us that the Lord Jesus, who is coming for his people, that he will appear as lightning and he will destroy the wicked with the power of his glory on that same day, that same day. Now, which is going to be your lot? on that day. Will you have the resurrection of the just or the righteous? Or will it be a resurrection of the unjust, who will certainly not delight in this rapture of gathering in the air with the Lord, but will be left for the brightness of His glory to destroy? Now, you can read all this in the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians is a great book about the return of the Lord. Every chapter in the book of 1 Thessalonians has something to say about the coming again of the Lord Jesus. That's not my subject today. My subject is to simply point out to you that when we as Christians claim that we have a hope beyond the grave, that it is well-founded in the person and the work of of the Lord Jesus already established for us. This is not baloney. This is not, as I said, pie in the sky. This is not abstract theory. This is premised upon the abundance of evidence that is available for us 
in who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And that question is fundamental to your faith today. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the resurrection and the life. And therefore, you must do what many on that day did, believe on the Lord Jesus. And we're going to close today with the problems that this miracle, raising Lazarus, created for the hierarchy of the Pharisees and so on. And the very fact that Lazarus' resurrection created untold problems shows us that all of this is convincing. Well, they had, first of all, a people problem. The Jews were always trying to keep the lid on their traditions and their way of religion and to denounce Jesus as, a, as an imposter and so on. But now they were beginning to believe on him. And those who saw Lazarus, they, uh, one after another, uh, they believed on him. And now Lazarus was a walking problem to the Pharisees. And no wonder, as you read on in chapter 12, that they had their plot and scheme to kill him too. If they're going to get rid of Jesus, they'll have to get rid of Lazarus. And so they had a people problem as they were dealing with him. They also had a prophetical problem. And in chapter 11, verse 50, you have the high priest coming out with, with this statement. Uh, you know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and the whole nation perish not. The whole nation perish not? You see, Lazarus became such a phenomenon in their midst. He brought such a crisis, crisis into uh, the, the whole uh, work of these Pharisees and Sanhedrin that everything was getting out of hand. And the whole nation of Judah and their way of life and their teaching and their traditions were totally falling apart before their eyes. And therefore they got down to a serious bit of planning to kill the Lord. And also they plotted against Lazarus. So they had a people problem. They had a prophetical problem. And then they had a planning problem. How are we going to get rid of these men? And the answer comes in chapter 13 too. Judas steps into the picture. The traitor, the one who was appointed to this evil work, came along bartering, what will you give me if I lead you and hand him into you? Judas becomes then the answer to the planning problem. Now, can't you see that the radical nature of the crisis, the drastic measures that the Pharisees considered taking and did carry out, shows you that this resurrection was real and the statements that many believed on him because of Lazarus' resurrection. What's it going to take for you to believe on him? People say to us, well, if I saw a miracle, I would believe. Well, here's a miracle. What, what more do you need? Really what people are saying, unless I have repeated miracles, I will not believe. And even then, man without the Holy Spirit will not believe. And so miracles. But what will it take for you to believe today? I want you to realize this. If you want to lose your soul, Satan will help you, just as he helped Judas 
It tells us that Satan entered into him, and off he went to his evil work. If you want to lose your soul, Satan will help you. But if you want to save your soul, if you want to have eternal life on that resurrection day, if you want to live in this world with a hope of heaven, the Lord Jesus will save your soul. He will help you. He will come and live in your heart. He will come and make it well. And the comfort that came to Mary and Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, will be the assurance and the comfort that you have. I trust that today you will consider who the Lord Jesus Christ is and trust in him with all your heart. If I can help you personally, I'd love to sit down with you, talk further, answer your questions, and show you how you can know with absolute assurance that you're saved on the authority of the Bible. Can I help you? listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music